Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You'll also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. A famous chef and former host of the much-loved TV show MasterChef once said, "If you are naturally curious about food, inspiration comes easy." This rings true with our guest this week in terms of curiosity as her food and source of inspiration on the Software People Stories, Pragati Ogle Rai. Through her experiences which range from how she chose her academics to dabbling in entrepreneurship, developing her skills on mobile platform technologies and becoming an evangelist for developers on mobile platforms in the early days to writing a book on android application security and finally setting up developer communities within and across all companies that she worked with her insatiable curiosity and passion has quite evidently channelized itself as her inspiration to pick up so much and build a career around technology and now she's using that community building expertise in her latest venture an ngo that supports children with autism spectrum disorders tune into this episode to know how pragati's path came to be so hi pragati good afternoon and a very very warm welcome to you on the software people stories i'm really looking forward to our conversation today thank you chitra it's lovely talking to you and such a pleasure to be on this channel we ask our guests to start or kick off the program by introducing themselves how would you like to do that so my name is pragati ogal rai i am a technologist i am a published author in the field of mobile security i believe in bringing people and technology together i am a very curious person so my latest interest is working for people with autism and also working for people for uh, kids of migrant workers so this is my latest passion wonderful pragati oh, i can already see a lot of questions for the session today where did all this begin how did your journey as a technologist start so my journey started around 22 years ago and i think the reason for me getting into technology are two one my parents who actually when i was taking subjects deciding on subjects in my uh, undergrad they came and said that there are two new courses on the horizon beyond the usual medical and lawyer and other courses which happened to be electronics and computer science they knew nothing about it but they said they exist and i think the second reason is my insatiable desire to know and learn more things new things so like i said i'm a curious person so then when they introduced electronics and computer science to me i pounced on both of them and decided to pursue both these subjects and actually ended up doing a bachelor's in both electronics and computer science and then went on to do my masters in computer science that's how the journey started and over the next 20 or so years i actually taught and trained computer science students in in into colleges and then went on went to the states and did my another masters in computer engineering after that i did my own startup and that was with our professor 
and a, a bunch of other students who like-minded students in computer science. So all of us got together and started this product called Moblast. It was something like what Skype does, but Skype at that time was trying to do it on laptops or what I should say desktops at that time. And we were trying to do the same thing on Palm Pilots. So I believe the technology wasn't ready yet. So we died a silent death and Skype became a huge hit. After that, I was smitten by this mobile bug and I really wanted to do something in mobile field. So I, I joined Motorola and I joined as a software engineer and I worked there for, for six years and I worked on mobile operating systems, specifically in the field of security on how to harden mobile operating systems. So I did that for three mobile operating systems because those were the times where there weren't any Androids and iOSs and uh, every company was trying to build a platform like such. So I worked on three platforms. The first platform was scrapped because of performance issues. The second platform, we called it Linux Java and it was later on open sourced to Limo Foundation, um, saw limited success in Latin America and China. And then the third platform I worked was was Android. Early on, I had my code in the Android platform. And that used to be that I absolutely enjoyed those six wonderful years at Motorola. After that, I moved to PayPal. And I was among the first Android engineers that they hired to build their Android app for PayPal found myself doing a lot of evangelism work there in the initial one year. I would go from one team to the other and explain to the team how mobile was very different to working on the desktops. And in doing this for one year, uh, people started pointing out that Pragati will make for a great evangelist. And that's how I moved into the evangelism role, where I became the first mobile evangelist for uh, PayPal for North America. And I toured North America extensively, worked with developers there in and out, helping them integrate PayPal in their apps, working with startups who were trying to start their own business and uh, meeting plenty of people across the world. Uh, during those times, I also started writing my book and completed my book on Android application security. So that was my stint with PayPal. After that, I uh, moved to Deutsche Bank. The role there was to work extensively with the startups and set up the innovation center for the Asia Pacific region. I did that for around three years and then moved on to Microsoft, where I was the first hire to start their developer marketing program for India. So that was another job that I did for two years and uh, I left Microsoft in, in November and have now opened up my NGO called Viria Dewdrops Autism Foundation, which focuses on individuals with autism and providing support to their families, to the individual, and building a community around autism. So that's, that's the whole professional journal, if I may say, Chitra. It truly sounds like a fascinating, magnificent journal. It seems like a like an amazing boatload of stories, Pragati. Thank you so much for sharing this. You know, just looking at your life uh, through so many eyes and facets, that of a developer, some sort of a collaborator in your role as an evangelist. 
meeting so many people and then also perhaps being a pioneer of sorts, having worked in mobile technologies and being able to rally people around why mobile was important. You've done so many things. So when you took on these different roles, what were those transitions like for you? Hmm. I think the transition happened very naturally to me. And um, somehow I believe that my previous role prepared me for the next role. So uh, let's take the example of my role at PayPal. So I joined as a software engineer to build the mobile app, Android app. But what I found myself doing is building the app was easy, but convincing people that mobile was different or you have to think differently to do mobile in the right way took more effort. And I think people saw this natural tendency in me that, yeah, she's able to explain difficult topics in in, in English very easily, you know, and uh, she can connect with people. And uh, and that's how people start playing, hey, we are looking for this evangelist role and I think you'll make a great evangelist. So it just happened naturally. And honestly, I wasn't ready then. So I did both roles for some time before I finally took on the evangelist role. Uh, so that was the first transition. Within PayPal itself, if I tell you, there was another transition when If you remember the times around 2014, 15, where we had a real crunch for mobile developers. So what PayPal thought was, hmm, we have such great engineering talent within PayPal. Can we train and groom them to become great mobile developers? Can we do that? And that's how I came in. Because with my experience as a mobile developer myself, and then my role as an evangelist working with thousands of people, can I create that excitement within PayPal around mobile? And can I create great mobile developers within? So I took up that challenge and, you know, created that mobile program for PayPal. So I think all of these transitions happened naturally. The skills that I acquired in one role really helped me in my second role. So, you know, it's just building a skill on top of the other that led me to these different roles. Very nice, Pragati. In fact, one question that's coming to my mind is, you know, and you talked a lot about engaging and interacting with the developer community. And you also mentioned convincing people to do the right thing, you know, build it in the right way. So how were some of those conversations like? It almost appears like it it would have probably been like a negotiation and some degree of convincing to get people to do the right thing. How did that come about? So Chitra, I believe that, you know, we are all people at the end of the day and we all bring our own we all have our objectives on why we are doing something. For example, when I'm working with a startup and um, I'm talking to this startup founder, what is the startup founder's objective? They're strapped on money, they're strapped on time, they're building a product. What do they want? So if I put myself in their shoes and try to understand what do they want, I think the conversation goes on very smoothly because if I can provide them with the technical know-how on how to build their product. Second, if I can, if I don't waste their time and just, you know, directly come to the point and tell them the exact thing that they're looking for, or if I don't know, I just tell them, hey, I don't know, but I'll find out. I think everybody appreciates that. That's my, always my motto or my way of breaking the ice with anybody, understanding what is it that the other person needs. 
be it a startup founder, be it a developer. So if I'm working with developers and um, talking about, let's say Microsoft Cloud to them, learning about Microsoft Cloud will not be interesting to them until and unless I'm helping them solve a problem that they are struggling with. As you know, all the companies are going through this digital transformation journey, right? Everybody's moving on to cloud. Now, if I can help a developer understand cloud better, or if I can uh, help a developer solve a problem that they are dealing with day in and day out in their job, or if I can provide them with some extra skills that will help them get their next job, their next dream job, I think they'll listen to me. So in that case, if I'm talking to a developer, I have to think like a developer, put myself in their position and then talk to them. For this developer, I'm not going to go and start talking about Azure right away. I'm going to help solve their problem and uh, introduce Azure to them. That's such a nice way of building empathy and actually walking in the shoes of the person that you're talking to. And that's something that I think a lot of technology companies can really benefit from. Yes, uh, considering empathy first, customer experience first becomes so critical and crucial. So what are some of the tip or guidance that you can give people around developing or building empathy? A lot of people love to code. They love to actually just dive in and get cracking with building something or you know solving a challenge that's put in front of them instead of, let's say, spending some time to try to really find out what the problem is and then solve it. So Chitra, I live by a few principles. And the first thing is, what I believe is doing tech is very easy. Understanding what to do is the hard part. And the only way we can figure out what we need to do is by talking to people and spending a lot of time to them with them. That's one thing. The second thing is we cannot understand what the other person needs if we keep on talking. The best way to learn or understand what they want is to listen in and listen with an intent to listen, not with an intent to sell something or not with an intent to solve our own problem. For example, let's say I go to a developer and say, hey, what is it that you you want to see in a particular product or what improvements do you want to see in the product that you're using? If the developer starts uh, explaining it to me, the engineer starts explaining it to me, I have to listen in. I don't have to listen with an intent to give a reply or start coding in my mind right away. Oh, okay, I need to go to this person, tell them to fix this particular bug or add these features. It has to be completely listening to the person. So I think those are two things that I really believe in. The other important thing is I always believe in having a core group of people who will be my, who will give the first honest feedback. I think that's important because when we build our product, we build it within a team. And the first people we present it to, they give their feedback, candid feedback, be it harsh, be it, um, you know, your project isn't good at all, or this feature doesn't work properly as we had expected. I think having those relationships with these critical uh, developers who will give honest feedback is also really, really important. I see what you're saying. They say feedback is such a gift and so important when you're building new products or trying to get people to adopt a particular offering. 
from and looking at things from their perspective to ensure that you know you have in a sense understood what they really want so i noticed that a lot of your work has sort of focused on building and developing these communities whether it's to evangelize technology or in a sense perhaps get people to you know understand the capability of something and how it will perhaps improve their lives what do you see in terms of community building that one should do and um how is it that more such communities can get built out let's say for to promote technology in the right way so chitra at the end of the day we are all people like i say right and we live in a community and we learn from each other you know not just learn in terms of technology we also grow as people within a community so for me who is a totally totally people person communities are are the truth right community is what really helps us grow be technology beat as a person and uh, you're right in pointing out i have worked with communities all through my life you know all the way from college to building communities around tech or building communities for a particular domain building communities within a company to promote a particular technology or even support groups to help support each other or building communities where people grow together or learn together so i've built all such kind of communities and now i'm building a community for a cause which is autism couple of things first of all it is easy to build a community but very difficult to sustain it right i can do four or five webinars and you and who would know better than that chitra you are building a community through your podcast right a pe- a group of followers who listen to the podcasts that you do that's a community that you are building doing first few podcasts is always easy but to keep the momentum going to bring in speakers regularly and continue to do the podcasts is the hard thing so that is one important thing building a community is hard, is easy nurturing it bringing in relevant content that people will appreciate and learn something from is a is a challenge the second thing is um in a community there has to be trust for example if i have built a community around cloud and there are hundreds of developers or let's say we do a meetup and 90 people show up for the meetup there has to be that trust within the community within the people in the group that nobody is mocking the other person we are coming together for a common objective of learning from each other nobody is demeaned because you know they ask a stupid question for example or they ask a question that everybody thinks they should know so though that is another very important part of the thing another thing that is important is that there the community needs to be moderated because sometimes there are people who just join in for their own reasons for example once created a community around a technology and uh, we would host meetups after a few meetups we found that a lot of uber drivers or ola drivers started joining into the community because they knew people would take taxis back home so a community needs to be moderated to prune out all those people who don't need to be there and to make sure that some standards and some code of ethics is followed that's another important part of a community and the last thing is very important is that you know in a community it shouldn't be a one sided broadcast right 
So if there is a meetup, of course, there's a speaker who speaks, but there have to be an interaction from other members of the community. People should be asking questions. People should be commenting. People should be, should feel free to give candidate feedback. It's a group of people who are together for a purpose and who bring out the best in each other. So nobody takes offense and everybody grows together. So that for me is a community. This is something that I can completely resonate with in terms of what you said. And it's nice the way you put it in these points. I haven't often heard people talk about communities in this sense and coming from someone who has had so much experience in setting the, up these communities. I think this will be a really nice takeaway for our listeners. Thanks, Pragati. And from here on, I want to segue now into what led you down the social sector path and leaving corporate life, moving towards creating an NGO and around a very little talked about field around autism. What was your motivation or inspiration behind doing something like this? I think this is one good thing that came out of COVID. So (laughs) during COVID times, right, we were all working from home and uh, I actually met this wonderful lady, Shalu. Her name's Shalu Garg. And she's a trained therapist working with individuals with autism for the past 15 years. So I met her and we started talking about autism. And uh, about 18 years ago, 18 or so years ago, I used to work with two kids who were suffering from uh, ASD. So um, I would go and teach them. And through them, I got connected to some societies that work for individuals with autism. And that was around, you know, 18, 16 years ago. And uh, thanks to those people and thanks to those two kids that when I met Shalu, all the, I knew about autism and I knew what parents go through and what the individual themselves go through. So I was immediately able to connect. And I was, like I always say, right, I'm, I want to work with people. I am a very people person. And I thought after spending 21 years in corporate, maybe I should explore a career on using this technology that I've been creating for the past 21 years for good. So from a user of technology, from a creator of technology, now I've become a user of technology and I want to use the technology for the good of these people. All the experience that I have gained in corporate in building communities around tech, I want to build communities for awareness and empathy around autism. And we call our uh, NGO not-for-profit organization, we call it Virya Dewdrops Autism Foundation, where Virya comes from the Buddhist word, which means energy. So we really want to energize not just the individual themselves, but the parents and the community and uh, create a support system for individuals suffering with ASD. So that's how it all just started. And... uh, It has been, we registered our NGO on mid-February. So we've just started down this journey and looking forward to this next chapter in my life in the social impact field. Wonderful and very, very big congratulations and all the best to both of you. And I'm sure given your experience with cultivating and nurturing communities, there'll definitely be success here as well. This is so much needed. I'm sure it'll certainly be 
something that a lot of people can look up to for inspiration, sources of information, and so on. I would certainly look forward to hearing more from you about it at some point in time, Pragati. So, Thank you so much, Chitra. And I am also, you know, fingers crossed, really looking forward to it. All the best to your venture, Pragati. We always ask our guests to leave a message for our young listeners, in particular those wanting to consider a career in technology, IT or software. So what would be your message to them? I will leave a couple of messages, Chitra, if you let me. So uh, the first message I want to leave is you don't take up technology or a career in technology if it is just because, you know, somebody pushed you into technology. Take technology or work in technology only if you want to. There are plenty of jobs outside where you will you can use technology, right? But if you want to create technology, you really have to be passionate about it. That's the first, first lesson I'll leave the youngsters to. The second thing I want to say is don't create technology in a silo. Most of the developers that I meet are very introvert and, you know, they code, they are excellent programmers. They're excellent in what they do, but they don't share. They don't share on social media. They don't contribute back to GitHub, for example, or and they don't meet, you know, the like-minded individuals. So what I would encourage them is to join communities of their interest and uh, meet fellow developers and join such meetups and workshops because there are so many opportunities outside to learn and grow and build a network. This will help them grow and this will also help them build a brand for themselves. So they're not sitting and coding in isolation. The whole world knows that this XYZ person is an expert in this field. So invest in in your brand early on. So that's the other thing I would want to leave people who are aspiring to build a career in technology. I think there are some really practical messages um, I'm sure people will can really take away and do something with. So thank you for those. You started out your career as, you know, working with a startup. You know, that experience must have been so exciting, building a Skype-like application for something like a Palm Pilot, which must have been way cool. And to have the experience of it actually fade away And I'm sure that must have left you with uh, a lot of lessons that you can share with people who intend to start a startup or, you know, become entrepreneurs. What are some of those experiences that you can share? So the thing I'll say is that, you know, when we do a startup, we put all our energies into creating this startup and, you know, with this single-minded energy, vision, that we just want to get our product working. And that's what we did with Moblast. And that's what I'm doing right now with my NGO as well. You know, it might work, it might not work. But we did put all our energies there. We did learn lots and lots of new things. And we did learn a lot of life lessons on how to work on a budget, how to work with open source technologies, how to you know work with uh, people who are passionate about doing the same thing we are, and how to find and scout those people. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, it's all right. You know, we'll just brush it off and then move on to the next big thing. Our startup Moblas didn't work, but hey, I used those skills to get into Motorola and do what I really wanted to do, which was mobile. 
So, and I would say it was because of the startup that I did that I had the experience and the passion to continue doing something in mobile. So what I am today, I attribute a lot to what I had done in that little startup in those months, right? That kicked off my passion for mobile. A startup could not work. And I think the best way to say is just brush it off, move on, uh, focus on the skills and find out something that you want to do after that. My only caution would be that, you know, startups could be harsh in terms of the amount of time that is expected of an individual and also the amount of remuneration. As life moves on, you know, when I had my kids and when I when we had uh, mortgages to pay and we had uh, plenty of financial responsibility, it was actually nice to have a cushion of a bigger company, which would support me through that journey. And now that I'm ready again to take these risks, I'm back in the startup field where I am working for this NGO. So I think uh, as we journey through the life, we pick up uh, what works best in that time. Very well said, Pragati. In fact, I see some sort of a circle of life pattern in your life where you've said, you know, you've used, always used your current experience that's helped you with the next thing to do. And that sums, has uh, sort of played out in your whole career and life in general. I can definitely see that that's something that will certainly help your NGO. And who knows, you may just start up a community mentoring startups and entrepreneurs itself. <laughs> Hopefully, Chitra. Pragati, thank you so much. It's been a wonderful conversation with you. I would certainly look forward to more such. Thank you, Chitra. It was a delight to be part of your podcast and all the best as you continue building this community. We thank Siddharth for the music and Anita for promoting the software people's stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com.